This is a practical session here that is going to have class involvement. And uh, so I do want to start off, though, with the thought about the presence of God. Now, honestly, talking about the presence of God, immediately uh, there people's uh, sensitivity begins to come, what in the world are you going to talk about? And uh, that is always a problem whenever I speak on this subject. But I trust that with the uh, sessions that we've had, this will not now be a mystery uh, about the presence of God. You know why? He's already here. Okay. Uh, the, the issue is that we are not looking for some mysterious uh, appearing uh, of deity. Deity is already present. The issue is not with God wanting to meet with us. It's us knowing we're meeting with God. And that is the problem. Our eyes are blinded. Our hearts are not open. Uh, or we are seeking through acceptance performance as we've been talking about, or we're looking for some mystical or emotional experience. It is our human uh, weakness that is causing us to miss out on the great privilege of, that we have of being the children of God. Yeah. And so with the indwelling spirit of God in our innermost spirit and our, the very presence of Christ, especially among his people. But God, of course, is omniscient. He is always there. He is ready. He has made it very clear. He's wanting to meet with us. We then need to realize that every time we go to the Lord in prayer and have our devotional time, we can count on the fact that we can have a spiritual encounter with God. Now, you notice I, on purpose, said spiritual encounter yes. with God. Uh, Sometimes you don't feel real good when you get up in the morning. Uh, sometimes uh, you may be handling some heavy, heavy burdens. And if you look to emotions, if you look to experience, as I talked about this morning, then you can get off on this uh, desire to meet with God. But if you'll understand that it's spiritual, then you'll come to a place that you can count on the fact every time you meet with him, you'll meet with him. And you can keep meet with, meeting with him throughout the day. Married couple of many years rode along in their automobile. And this is in the uh, days not of uh, the, uh, this wouldn't, this doesn't fit. No millennial, uh, uh, Gen Xer, uh, a baby buster, maybe baby boomers. Um, you remember the bench seats in the front seat? You remember that? Okay. Well, there's a few, a few old folks here shaking their head. Okay. Uh, you'll see some of those in antique shops. You know, it really bugged me uh, a couple of years ago. I went to the Ford Museum, and they have a whole uh, section in there. That was my growing up days, and it's in the museum. You know, I'm thinking, now, wait a second. That's bad. You know, the old diner and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, but anyway, so I have to preface this story here. A married couple of many years rode along in their automobile, and the wife sat at one end of the seat and the husband at the other end behind the steering wheel. The wife asked, uh, why can't we sit close together like we did shortly after our marriage? That's what you'd always see with dating couples. You'd see them drive, look like it's a driver with two heads. It's sort of silly, but it was dangerous. It was almost worse than texting. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's, that's what you saw. And, um, and why can't we sit close together? Her husband replied, 
I ain't moved. <laughs> and let's put it a little more dignified way. Why doesn't God meet with me? And he'd say, son, daughter, I haven't moved. <laughs> I'm right where I always have been. I'm right here. I've done everything possible to meet with you. Won't you come into my presence? There's nothing that's more dear to me than for you to meet with me. That's why I created you. That's why I died on the cross. I love you. And you can meet with me anytime. And so I wanted to talk here about the individual time with God for the first section of our time together. If you'll turn with me to James chapter 4, I'm going to give you some elements of a suggested way that we have given to our people and a number of churches with the hour with God, uh, the idea of uh, spending an extended time with the Lord. Uh, that was based, when we put that together, uh, on a pattern that was already out by Dick Eastman and then went to the Lord's Prayer and endeavored to get the elements of the Lord's Prayer there. However, in James chapter 4, you will find the same elements there. And I'm not going to preach on this. I'm just going to read through here. And then we're going to look at the suggested pattern about having an extended time with God. In the first few verses, you have the problems of allowing the flesh life to be in control. And of course, it uh, kills the, uh, the prayer life. And we read in the latter part of verse 2, you have not because you ask not. The whole problem is it's all about self. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And then you got the matter of worldliness in verse 4. And uh, the, how the spirit is desiring to have that relationship. But then in verse 6, we begin to look at the heart of God here about having a relationship with him. And we read, but he giveth more grace. Isn't that wonderful? Wherefore he says, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now God will give grace to us and let's just define grace. At the very core of the word grace is gift. It is the idea of God based upon the merit of Christ doing for us what we do not deserve to be done. God's divine involvement in our life. Obviously salvation first, but then his illumination, his strengthening by the Spirit of God with his might in the inner man. Uh, the way God works in our hearts, gives us his compassion, opens our heart to him. All of these miracles, that's grace. That's God uh, based upon his merit uh, coming into our life and working. It's a powerful verse. Sometimes we, we misinterpret it. Grace doesn't mean do what you want to do. Grace is the power to do what you ought to do. And it's, it's freedom to have uh, the will of God accomplished in our life. And God gives us much grace, more grace, all the grace that we need. But here's what I want us to see. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. First of all, there do, does need to be clear submission to the Lordship of Christ. And so it's very important to know who your God is. Now, what have we been talking about for a day here? The love of God. One of the clear aspects of the perfection of our God. 
And so we're going to look at that a little bit. But you can't submit to the God that you do not know. One of the problems is if you have a nebulous perspective on God and it's not very real to you, then your submission is very vague many times. Um, but uh, it ought to be very real. And that is one of the keys to coming into the presence of God is just to open the door of your heart and realize that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you are just thrilled with the fact that you have the privilege of meeting with the one who is the Lord. I mentioned about the story of C.T. Studd, how he brought his uh, missionary team into the presence of the Lord through prayer, and they uh, had absolute commitment. And that famous statement that he made, most of you would know the statement, was made during that time. And he said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, there is no sacrifice too great to be made for him. And so lordship is no problem when you understand who he really is. You know, it's tragic when you see in the human realm uh, madmen such as Adolf Hitler who can so work up a crowd, and I don't know what kind of an attitude the Russian youth have toward uh, Putin today and the, the Russian army, but I got a feeling there's probably... A, uh, the same kind of, uh, of an attitude. Uh, after one of his fiery speeches, they stood in mass with one voice, said, we are yours, do with us what you will. And most of them were destroyed in the uh, ensuing war that came on. But what a contrast to uh, David Brainerd. David Brainerd tells about one Sunday night, he offered himself to God to be used only for his glory. It was raining, he said, and the roads were muddy, but the desire to surrender to God grew so strong that I stopped my horse and kneeled down by the side of the road and told God about it. I told him that my hands should work for him, my tongue speak for him, if only he would use me as his instrument, when suddenly the darkness of night lit up and I knew God had answered my prayer. And the reason I bring up uh, David Brainerd is that he not only saw the Delaware nation reached with the gospel, he really had the first revival in America. I mean, it was actually a full-fledged revival with people who had been just years before pagan and no knowledge of God. You know, sometimes people say, well, we can't have a revival because, you know, we're becoming a pagan nation. Uh, it's a, just a great time for us to have a revival. And, uh, and so, but you know what it took? He got into the presence of God. You know, that's, that's the people that God takes. And then you go on uh, in this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. By the way, you resist the devil after you have a concept of God and you have submitted to him. So we need to take our stand against the devil. And folks, it's a glorious thing to know in prayer that the promises of God are there and you can see the devil flee. And we have the power, not in ourselves, but we are with him in, in the heavenlies. And he is above all principality, power, might, and dominion, according to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm telling you, our prayer time can have great authority over the evil one because of the work and person and place of Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. And, uh, and so uh, that's a very important part. And then it brings us to draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Now, it's just an action of the will. 
Open your heart to God. Realize he's there. And he has promised to draw nigh to us. So what's the thing that holds us back? Well, what holds us back is we're resisting his grace. We're too proud. We're self-centered. We haven't submitted ourselves. Or we're listening to the lies of the devil. And you go on. These are other parts of the hour with God. And that's a matter of cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now, let me just stop here and say, you're going to see in the progression that we have, and I'm just going to quickly go over it, but you need to get into the presence of God to actually be able to really deal with your sin. You don't start with confession. Now, you can always confess your sin anytime God convicts you. But when you're spending time with God, I highly advise not to do that because you're going to humanly try to solve your problem. You need to be reveling in who God is and his grace and know his nearness. And then, oh, I'm telling you, you realize, oh, I've got things I need to confess. But you know he's going to forgive you. And you can claim the clean heart at that time. And so I think it's very, very instructive here. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You say, whoa, that's a strong passage. Well, there are times when God will deal with you. You know, some of the best prayer times I've ever had is <laughs> I've cried my way through them. You know, but God was there the whole time. Amen. He revealed himself and you just realize, oh, but then you don't leave with hopelessness. You leave with great optimism because God's forgiven and God's given direction. And then you have the last part of verse 10 and he shall what? He's going to lift you up. Oh, man, isn't that great? Because it's not us, it's him. Just a touch, I wanted to get us thinking here. If you'll turn with me to the back of our notebook there, you will find the Christ Walk Journal in the appendix. And I want to walk with you very quickly over the 10 aspects of what we have given to our people as just a pattern that can be used. Obviously, God leads different ways. This is... uh, uh, the, the only thing that's uh, the, the important aspect of this, this was based upon the different aspects of the model prayer that the Lord has given. You see some of these principles here, and I just wanted to get us thinking. But let me go through this, and I want you to notice that the first two sections there are all about knowing the love of God. Worship and praise for the first five minutes, and waiting on God for the next five minutes. This is a precious time, folks. We, even when we have our time with the Lord first thing in the morning, our minds are still already going, aren't they? We are just a distracted culture. And that 10 minutes of settling into who God is, and by the way, always say, Lord, would you help me? Spirit of God, illumine me. This morning I said, Lord, I need your help. I can't pray without you. Uh, You are the spirit of prayer. I need you to open my mind and heart as to who you are. And I need you to lead and guide me. I urge you to pray that at the beginning of every prayer time. And uh, that worship and praise, if you'll note, if you go just to, uh, I'll talk about the diary in just a minute. But if you go to page 142, you will see a number of the perfections of God, the attributes of God listed out for you there along with verses that you can meditate upon in regard to them. 
And you can choose some. Uh, oftentimes, I'll go through many of them in that five minutes, or you can just land on one and really uh, meditate on it. But uh, the fact that our God is creator, well, you can camp on that one for quite a while. He is the mighty God. He's our everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of kings. I'm so thankful. Amen. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. He's the king of kings, the lord of lo lords. He is the sovereign, the almighty yes. sovereign. He's the God that has full majesty. He's the God that is, has providence over all. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of my faith. One day he will be seen as the Lamb of God that will take the title deed to this earth. Man, already just to thinking about it. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that great? I mean, what a God. And, and so that's the whole idea. Lord, help me get out of looking at my puny self. Because it's discouraging. Okay, and again, I want to warn you. I hear people will come and say, Pastor, I've just got to get to know myself and then I'll go forward. And I said, well, you'll never go forward because the more you know about yourself, we're in trouble. Yes. You're going to get so discouraged, you're going to dig about a 10-foot hole if you don't watch out. Because uh, we, without God, we're nothing. But with Him, we are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. So you need to dig into what the Bible says you are. Sure, it's going to deal with your flesh, but it's also going to... Uh, deal with who you are in Christ. It makes all the difference. Yes. And so just five minutes of dwelling on some of the perfections of God. Like right now, why don't we just spend some time, and I'm going to urge you to do it. We'll spend a little time of prayer. Just focus on his love. Might, you might even want to go back over your notes and look at, look at some of those verses. Just meditate on his love. I think the Spirit of God would be more than glad to make that very real to you. Okay? And then the second five minutes is waiting on God. Just allow God to take what you've already thought and make it real to you. If you go to uh, page 10, you will find, I'm sorry, not page 10 in here, it's page uh, 146 in here. Uh, be still, yield, and expect. And you noticed in my message last night and today, um, I kept referring to the Trinity. The Trinity has become a greater and more precious doctrine because of this second five minutes. Meditating on what the Father means to me, on what the Son means to me, and what the Spirit means to me. They're all co-equal in the Godhead. And you have some wonderful verses there, or, or uh, truths that you can look at. Uh, he's your Abba, you can, uh, he's Abba Father. He is our, we can have that endearing uh, response to him. Uh, we, he has a perfect plan for me. I'm telling you, it's just wonderful to think that uh, he, he is pruning. He's that husbandman, as I mentioned this morning, that's constantly working. I can trust him. He's taking care of me. He knows exactly what I need. And I, I, he will never mistreat me. And on and on you can go. When you talk about the Lord, when you think, meditate on the Savior, it sometimes it's really overwhelming. When you realize He took your place, He bears those wounds today that are a mark of His love for you in particular and for me. And He's also the glorified, exalted Savior. And you are in Him. Man, I'll tell you what, that just is an encouragement. And then to think of the Spirit of God. He's your comforter, enabler. He guides you into all truth. He illumines. He anoints you for service. You know, he'll give you power uh, and so forth. And so 
the purpose of the first 10 minutes is to open your heart by the Spirit of God to the reality of what the Bible says about God. And let God open your heart and mind. In other words, by looking at Scripture, you're drawing nigh to Him, and He has promised to do what? To draw nigh to you. Now, He's already here. But you've got, we've got scales on our eyes. You know, we're, we're distracted. And uh, you will find that you meditate on the Lord. We want to jump maybe to confession, or we want to jump to uh, intercession. Are those two important areas? Absolutely. And I think we miss out on the power of at least 10 minutes of be still and know that I'm God. Start fellowshipping with him. I tell you, at times I just like to talk out loud. Now, do you say, does he talk out loud back to you? No, he doesn't. Um, you know, but it's almost as if he does. Okay. Well, maybe he does. No, no, he doesn't. I, <laughs> it's so real at times, so you know what I'm talking about. I don't mean to be uh, trite about it. Uh, it's just wonderful. You can start having fellowship with him. And you realize, no, the Bible says that. You say, well, I don't really feel it. Don't, don't care about that. It's real. He will draw nigh. Do you believe that? Yes. He will draw nigh. Period. Case closed. And then I'm going to quickly go on. Once you've come into the presence of God, five more minutes of confession of sin. There's some suggestions there from Oswald Smith at uh, Chambers. I mean, uh, that is a great help. Um, on uh, page, these are different pages here. But uh, on uh, page 148, Oswald Smith, excuse me. And um, I use those and a number of other things that I have just to regularly let God work in my heart. But by this time, you're aware of his love. You realize that he loves you, that he's working in your life. And um, it's a wonderful thing. And then spiritual warfare. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then what's the next thing? Resist the devil and he will flee for, uh, from you. Now, it, once you have come into a, an understanding and you have that awareness of his presence and you have confessed your sin and you've claimed the clean heart, you're ready by the authority of the one who has cleansed you. You are in him. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And I very clearly take my stand on my position in Christ and I submit myself to God and I resist the devil and I believe he has to flee according to what the word of God says. And that's a glorious truth, folks. And uh, his head has been crushed. Now, he still is the God of this world. He's got great power. But the spiritual kingdom is in victory. And that's why it's so tragic. Don't blame the devil. The devil didn't make you do it. He may have deceived you and all, but you allowed him to do it. You didn't have to. And I don't have to. And this is very important. You need to take your stand. And there's some wonderful verses there uh, on... Uh, the section there in the, uh, uh, in the book on um, spiritual warfare on page 150. And uh, a lot of those verses you would know, but they're tremendous verses. Remember, you're in a battle. Recognize the devil is defeated. Realize you're in a position of authority and stand against the devil. And stand against him for your own life, for your family, uh, for the church for the ministry that you're involved in, and for your community and other things that you may, uh, uh, may or be burdened about. And I believe when we take our stand and, and believe God from heaven, God works. 
He is in authority. I think great transactions of faith that make a difference occur. By the way, when you are praying for people to be saved, and they don't get saved right away, you've got to realize you're in a battle, but every time you pray, God's doing something. And when you take your stand against the evil one, you get his influence out of their life. God is able to work. You be patient. Let God do his work. I mentioned this, I can't remember where, just in the last couple of days, but you know, the, um, the hornets of God's conviction, like the old hornet song, God uh, uh, doesn't go against your will, but he makes you willing to go. Just like a room full of hornets makes you want to leave the room. Now, not one hornet, big old muscular hornet picks you up and throws you out, but you sure do decide maybe it would be good to leave that room. Well, God can send his hornets and the Holy Spirit will work. And, um, and so that spiritual warfare, claiming God's promises, list out how God has given you transactions of faith. We're praying for some key things right in here. Now as a church, God's given me some very definite verses. Those are down. I claim those promises, plus I go over the scriptures that God has given in the past. And it's just a great blessing. Intercession and petitions. I'm not going to take time on this, allowing 10 minutes for this. Uh, pray for your, uh, uh, your family, your ministry people, your top, have a top five or top 10 of people that you're burning out. It, one of the most exciting things is to see lost people, things start happening because you're praying for them every day. I mean, it's amazing what God will do. And then petitions, your own needs. God's promised to give us our daily bread. And I tell you, you can finish that 10 minutes and know that God will work. In fact, you'd be amazed how much ground you can cover in 10 minutes. And, and God will give you direction. He will just stir your heart. And then thanksgiving, praise him for he, the fact he's going to work. Thank him for what he is allowing in your life. Praise him based upon what he now is doing in your life. Five minutes for that. Ten minutes, take a portion of God's word. This is a key time to get into God's word. Let the word of God speak to you. And this is where you have that interactive talk with God. And uh, if uh, you go back, if you would, to the... Uh, uh, right after that very first page, you have this, and if you could put that up on the screen there, my daily hour with God, you can see you, a place to diary each of these areas that I've talked about, and it also has a place for you to take a verse out of your reading, write it, and then put it in your own words, and then come up with an I will statement what did God really guide you in in that regard? I'm not going to take time to teach that, but that's what that is about. It will make that your Bible reading come alive. By the way, to read part, a portion of the scripture after you've been spending already 40 minutes of prayer, wow. Now all of a sudden, it just explodes with meaning. It's precious to you. And then listen to God. Uh, ask God for direction, for wisdom. Think through the things that are key to you. I'm telling you so many things God will give to you. Uh, and, um, and God has promised to give wisdom. And then finally, praise him that he's going to work. And I love to finish with a song. Have, have you ever noticed when uh, you're in a, you have a good service, and then the pianist picks a song, and they're playing that song, you know, uh, in a good way, and everybody can hear it. You'll be listening around, and you've got a bunch of people humming that song. And even about five minutes later, people are still whistling or humming that song. 
Uh, it's, that's so important. Go into your day with praise, confidence that God's going to work, and a song on your heart. And, I, and by the way, that's biblical. One of the aspects of being filled with the Spirit, uh, verse 19 of, uh, of chapter 5 of Ephesians is speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, took a little longer on that than I wanted to, but there's so much there. That was the fastest I've ever done it, though, I want you to know that. Uh, but uh, here's what we want to do. Do you believe God loves you? How do we really come into a working understanding of that? It is through communication. How do I know that my wife loves me? We communicate. I can just tell. <laughs> That's, amen. And I love you too. <laughs> she, doesn't have to, she doesn't have to say it. And, uh, I tell you what, when I got her on the front row, I don't care what you guys think. I can preach, you know. Uh, that's, uh, that's just the way it goes. And, uh, uh, but, you know, you communicate, right? You talk to each other. You, you know each other's heart. You listen to what's on their heart. How do you know the love of God? Talk to him. Let him talk to you. I mean, I mean our human communication is just, a, it's just the illustration of what we're made for, communication with God. Prayer is not a duty. It is not a labor. Now, you have sometimes will labor with burdens in prayer, believe me. When you get a hold of the heart of God for souls, it sometimes will be a labor. But it should be a glorious fellowship time with your God. A time when you grow to love Him more and more. And I promise you, He will work. And so, what I would like to do is give you... Oh, about 20 minutes here. Normally, we'll go like an hour, but give about 20 minutes or a little bit more than that. And would you take the first two sections, okay? Just the first two. If you want to move on to whatever, you certainly can. But would you just meditate on your God? I would go to uh, that very first uh, page there, page 142, and uh, look at those lists of his of his attributes. You may especially want to focus on the love of God. You may want to go back over your notes and just talk to God about it. Would you say, Lord, I really want to fellowship with you. And, uh, you know, we, we get a little awkward about that. You don't need to be awkward. You have a very special private relationship with the Lord. And so um, spend, uh, do at least uh, those two, five minutes and and just spend maybe extra time, and you may want to look over some of the other aspects. Well, one thing that's wonderful is when we take the time, you'd be surprised if you've never done an hour with God like this, how quickly it goes. Man, it just goes. And uh, it's been a joy to me. I've had a number of preachers over the years come up to me and say, you know, I've been meeting with God an hour a day, and it literally has changed my life. And I need to say this before we get into this. You say, I don't have time. Really? Time for God? He takes time for you. I had to deal with this. I'm talking to me as much as anybody. But I remember over the years how God's dealt with that. You know, you have an hour of technology you could throw out the door. Now, you've got work technology. I know there's, but honestly, you look at viewing and social media 
and unnecessary technology and maybe listening even to good things, why don't you trade it for a time with God? You do have an hour if you mean to have the hour. You have two hours and a half to watch a ball game you want to watch. Right? And so this is something, we've got to get a deep conviction. We're never going to have a move in this country until God's people get into a love relationship because of spending time with the Lord. And it is life transforming. Don't look for this bells and whistles. Not even talking about that today. Just let God begin to do a work in your heart, okay?